that when I go to the forest and I take people into these these forest bathing episodes, that's the thing that I feel is connectivity, connectivity to the earth, a remembrance of our connected to earth which which is a healing connectivity when i think of those trees when i experience those trees in any way shape or form it brings me that warm loving feeling of connectivity welcome my friends to moving grief podcast with stephanie joseph this is your safe and loving container to explore all things grief here we choose to move our grief embodying it allowing it to be a part of us so that we can live and embrace and accept that grief lives within each of us. Come along for the journey. Welcome to our first guest episode here on Moving Grief podcast. I am, of course, Stephanie Joseph, the host of this podcast. And I have my amazing friend, James Batten, on with me today. And I couldn't have asked for a better first guest. We have had many, many of these conversations. He will be definitely a regular on here. So you'll get to know his voice and his wisdom. Just go ahead and hop on and say hi, James. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, This is going to be exciting. I I look forward to this. And as you said, we've been uh, we've been talking about these things for for a long time. So it's uh, it's timely. It's timely. Yeah, yeah. Let me share a little bit about James and then we're going to jump right in. So over the past 40 years, James's storytelling style of teaching, lecturing, and guiding has entertained and instructed all ages. I could go on walks with James and the things that he pulls out of his ass, I'm like, what? Like, So that's my little side note. Okay, back to the bio. He's taught, presented, performed on stage in the gardens and around campfires since he wrote his first production at 16. However, his love of people and nature doesn't stop on the stage. He has a keen ability to support others as they navigate interpersonal and relationship challenges. He attributed he attributes his wisdom to the concept, everything I know in life, I learned from a tree. He's been a columnist, blah, 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 blah. I'm just going to scroll through that because I want to get to the good stuff. But he does, he is a teacher. If you're here locally in Utah, check him out at Red Butte Gardens. He's a regular teacher there. And he has an amazing YouTube channel as well. He's active. He's very active on Facebook. I will put all of his links in the show notes. You can find him everywhere at James Batten Show, I think is really where the, right? James, James Batten James Batten Show on YouTube. And of course, my website, jamesbatten.com. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get in. I'm going to put those notes away and we're just going to have an organic conversation here. So James and I have talked at nauseam about life, really, and everything he learned in life, he learned from a tree. And we've just developed this deep friendship over meaning, I think, really meaning in life and um, what lights us up. So moving grief, right? That's what this podcast is called. So what comes up for you when you hear that? Well, I think it's kind of ironic uh, that you invited me to sit with you today because of a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, I want to say that the reason I say everything I know in life I learned from a tree because I was raised by an avid gardener and and uh, a forester. I became a uh, gardener professionally and certified arborist, and I spent a great deal of time in the forest uh hiking and backpacking and whatnot it's my it's really kind of my home but the irony of uh you asking me to 
come and and be here today is that um, six years ago this Wednesday, I unfortunately lost my best friend, and he passed away. and And uh, we had been friends since I was sixteen years old, and um, so that was forty years of of a very deep and uh, loving friendship. And yeah, I just I just thought. Um, it, it was kind of ironic because two things, it's spring today is the first day of spring. And uh, also in, in contemplating and reflecting on grief um, was was the passing of, uh, of my friend this week, uh, six years ago. And it's interesting to me because I know the story and I know this friendship and we've talked about him before. Remind me his name. His name's Dan. Dan. And I did not realize that it was this week. And so I love, I love, of course, the perfect divine timing of all things that this conversation is happening on spring, the first day of spring, day after my birthday. I always have to throw that in there because I get to rebirth right after my birthday. It's pretty cool. Then here we are remembering and honoring Dan this week. It's, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about, we're going to get it more into other things, but I, I'm feeling called. I want to know a little bit about Dan and the impact that he had on you. Well, um, Dan and I were very, very, very different people because he was not, uh, he was not at all an outdoorsman like me. He would rather sit in front of a computer and write code or, uh, play a video game or, or, you know, any number of things indoors. <laughs> he was not an outdoor person. And I, uh, although I, you know, I, I will say he did uh, get out and camp and rock hunt and stuff like that with his family. So he wasn't a complete shut in, but I just wanted to offer the contrast because, you know, one of the things that I, that I am currently studying and writing about his friendship. And it's really Dan who who informed the, the ideals that I have behind friendship because um, he was, he was a, a deeper, it was a deeper relationship than a brother um, to me. And, and, but at the same time, he was very brother-like in that we, uh, looked out for each other. We we did a couple of m- small business ventures together that were just just so much fun and such great memories. And more than anything else, we just we just really liked to sit and talk and philosophize, and and we enjoyed the same kind of music. So it was um, it it was just a real bond that was drawn out of caring. And the other thing that Dan did is Dan was uh, very gracious towards me in in as much as that his as far as he was concerned, his home was my home and and his door was always open. And I just recently noted in my journal how um, when I returned from my first year of college, how I spent as much time at his house as I did my own house, because, again, it was just that, you know, anytime I walked through the door at his home. Um, it it was my home, and then in possibly one of his uh, most selfless acts is is that he he opened up space in his home after you know my thirty one year marriage came to an end and I didn't really have any place to land and and he opened his home and and uh, we became 
housemates for a couple of years and 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 that fortunately was was again divine timing because um it was shortly it was shortly after that time that he got sick and passed away so those last couple of years were spent you know right right in one another's presence it's so beautiful i was sharing a post about how you know my sister i made the the ranks of friend and that how that was really cool for me and i learned that after she passed and then immediately after i had that rec- that realization um somebody had posted like when your friendships become a sisterhood or a brotherhood you know and so it's like this this circle of really deep relationship that you know labels can't describe it right and that's what it feels like as you share about dan and and how beautiful that you've got to be in each other's presence and have those experiences. When you look back, how do you describe, like you said, there's no accidents, but how do you describe that time? Like if you like looking back at the two years that you, or the couple few years, whatever it was that you had with each other and with him now no longer physically being here, like how do you look back and, and see that? Um, well, I, I guess I would, uh, look at it as a time because as I, as I said, it was post a 31 year marriage. Mm-hmm. And so it was a, it was a safe space mm-hmm. to what I didn't mention that just, um, oddly enough about the same time, his 36 year marriage had come to an end. And wow. so here, here are two men who are really kind of grieving the 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 passing of a relationship that that um they had had with their respective spouses and so it gave it gave this container for us we didn't sit there and um we didn't sit there and and complain and gripe and and whatnot but what we did do is is we sort of buoyed each other up and we encouraged each other and we we championed each other in terms of moving on and moving beyond and doing the thing that that we needed to do to get to the next uh, the next whatever the next was and and uh, <laughs> it's kind of ironic uh, I guess again what the next it ultimately ended up being because um, you know for me for me the next is a very new life i'm a very new person as you know because um you know we met a few years back and and for dan the next ended up actually being the next you know crossing that bridge mm-hmm. and whatever his next is i'm imagining is probably pretty amazing compared to what my next is and i think my next is pretty amazing <laughs> yeah it's really cool like I had a podcast called Transitions Podcast, and it's really fascinating how it's really led me to this podcast. Like, I, I have no problem starting things, right? Like, I, but but what you're explaining is, in this life, we have these multiple transitions. Here, you were grieving the loss of a marriage that, you know, thirty years, thirty plus years for both of you, and 
you were able to, what I love, and that's really the premise of this podcast is that you created a container that it wasn't just about, you know, oh, what was us? Like we're here, we're, we're in this low, it was okay. Now, how do we create for the next? And how beautiful that you had each other to do that in. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I'm, I'm, um, I, I, I don't think I'm being you know, disrespectful to Dan by saying that that he he had a he had a t- tendency or propensity to to get a little caught up in that that sort of uh, we'll call it a house falling in on him mm-hmm. and me I'm I'm off into the forest and I'm off looking around. Um, the way that my dad described me as a kid is I woke up every day and it was like an Easter egg hunt, you know, it's just like, well, what's out there? And, and I was trying to, as it were, sort of infect Dan the same way. It was like, yeah, that, that experience, that was amazing. That was beautiful. That in, taught and informed who we are at this point, but what's down the road. Let's, let's get excited about what's going down the road. So I think he what what we provided each other was he provided me the physical container and i i think i provided him the moral support mm-hmm. container to both sort of move forward from where we were it's a give and take right like it's so beautiful like here you are and like this is a perfect segue into what you know something i know i wanted to talk to you about was he provided the i was feeling like the yeah like the physicality of okay we're both in this place like i had nowhere to go thank you for bringing me in but we're not going to stay here we're not going to stay in the the mess and the sticky and the ugh and yeah. so you brought to him that movement right the let's get out let's go walk outside let's do that and so it's perfect segue into moving like everything I learned in life, I learned from a tree with grief. I, a couple of weeks ago, you and I were talking. And so we're both in Utah and I do not like the cold. James will get out and, and hike in the, oh, yeah. So I tell him like, when it warms up, like, let's get out. And you shared like, I want, I would love to take you out and assist you in processing your grief. And so I wanted to like move into that conversation of really the trees and nature the support that they can provide us as we are grieving. And this could be grieving a loss, grieving a transition, grieving, you know, whatever that is. But let's kind of move into that and see where this goes. It's it's funny. Um, when we had that conversation, I had just come back from, because I, I go there often for the very reason to, um, as John Muir says, uh, to go into the forest to lose my mind and find my soul. And, and, you know, when I feel like I'm kind of in that space of losing my mind, I ha- I go into the forest. And that very space that you and I did that forest bathing uh, session with the guests that came along, that's where I was when I was referring to you about <laughs> You're right. There was the snow was so deep that it was over the top of the picnic tables. Mm. And uh, most of the stream was froze over and yeah, it was up there. And if anybody goes and, and follows any of my reels or, or uh, you'll see the area that I was that I was in because I take a lot of photos when I'm out and, and whatnot. But but in terms of um, the. The actual forest bathing practice is, is what we're going to talk a little bit about here. 
that it is something that in the early 80s, uh, there was a lot of research that went into this practice in Japan. It's called Shirin Yoku. Um, I probably slaughter it every time I say it because uh, I don't know any Japanese. But when we translate it into, into English, it it basically comes out as forest bathing or forest immersion or 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 just getting in into that that space and what they discovered uh, they approached it from a very scientific method which is not the way i approach it but i'll get to that in a minute but the very scientific method was that the, here here was a scientist who observed significant changes in people when they went out into these forests and when they returned and so he, like any good researcher, began to take, you know, the the baseline, figure out, okay, where is their blood pressure? Where are certain things in their blood? You know, et cetera, et cetera. And then have them go spend some time in the forest. Take all those measurements again. And what they found was that because of the trees, this isn't just this isn't just getting out of way and 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 experiencing the calm of just being in nature that's a given but this was actually a physiological thing that was occurring to people where their blood pressure was was uh, lowered where nk cells were were uh being addressed where well basically what they found out is that they're like essential oils things that the trees give off to communicate to one another and as a as an arborist i, I you know i know that there's a, a plethora of things that trees are giving off it's just not oxygen and water um, there's ways that they're communicating with with one another when certain pests attack them etc cetera, etc cetera. but these things that are there they assist us as human beings and so there's the there's a real scientific avenue and i'm and i'm really making um, I'm really making this brief. And then there's the aspect that I experienced growing up with a father who worked for the Forest Service and through the the many, many years that I spent hiking and backpacking and, and whatnot, and just if feeling in myself that that connection, and then many things that I've shared with you, which I won't go into right now, but I feel what can only describe as a spiritual connection that I have had time and time and time again um, in deep, deep meditations, you know, holotropic breath work uh, relative to being in and amongst those trees. I've Every time I go do a forest bathing uh, guided moment, as much as I'm sharing with people, I, there are things that I'm experiencing and uh, um it, it it's just it's a very it's a very very uh personal experience where i find that e i you know i say everything i know in life i learned from a tree because the, just the metaphors the metaphors my dad shared with me the metaphors i read you know whether you're reading thoreau or or muir or or whomever even even some of our holy texts scriptures and whatnot go to the trees again and again in metaphor so it's just it i mean we are nature and i love reconnecting people with nature and i relate most closely to those trees so as you're walking i'm just imagining because we're obviously sitting behind computer screens so as i'm walking through the forest 
I love that you bring the science and the spiritual. So we did a forest bathing one time last year, first part of June, a couple weeks before my sister went into the hospital. And the, the intent was that we were going to do these more often. And my summer did not, it, it, I needed to be present there. I'm like, kind of like taking myself back into that experience, not knowing what my next day was going to look like, what my next few months were going to look like. And I'm actually feeling overwhelmed with emotion, knowing that that, in a sense, the trees for me, the spiritual side of it, because that's what I want to talk about. I I love that it's backed by science because that's I'm a very logical brained person too. That experience of walking amongst the trees really prepared me to be present for the time that I needed to be present with my sister. Mm-hmm. And I did not know that at the time. Just as you now look back and can see the time that you spent with Dan, you did not know that that was in preparation for his transition in his next adventure of wherever that is. Like, I'm just kind of taking myself back to a year ago, being amongst the trees and really allowing that healing and that cleansing and the wisdom from the trees to literally like, it's like osmosis, right? It's like just absorbed into my cells because as I'm sharing that, what's coming up for you? Well, I remember, um, I usually, I usually relate this in the midst of a, one of those forest bathing sessions, but just in, in a nutshell, when I was going through that period of time, that was the end of my marriage. And I was feeling very, um, I, in spite of being, you know, I've got wonderful family and, and whatnot around me. I was feeling isolated. I was feeling alone. And I remember going, I went to visit my dad in Portland, Oregon. I was, I just asked him, he lives fourth floor of an apartment complex. And I just told, you know, I got to get out. And so he took me for a drive up to Forest Park there in uh, in Portland. And just, um, I had some experiences being up there amongst those trees that brought such uh, an awareness of comfort. And I'll, and I'll just put it in, you know, basic language to say that I really felt you got this. You, you, you have the support around you. You have what you need, and nothing but but love is going to flow into your life. And and I got that. Not in the sitting in the apartment, not in downtown Portland. I got that when I went and and stood amongst the trees there at Forest Park mm-hmm. to Douglas fir. It's beautiful because I imagine those that listen to my podcast, probably the majority of them, it'd be a physical loss, like loss of somebody, because that's, you know, what I'm heavy in right now. So if they're kind of new to this and curious of how, you know, you have the wisdom side of, or you have the the, the scientific, like you were saying, and then you have this piece that really could support people that are experiencing grief, that are wanting to move their grief and say, okay, how do I do this? Like, what is some some advice that somebody that's brand new to forest bathing and allowing the trees to to feel supportive? Because you what you said it just hit so home that when you're going through these transitions, when you're in the midst of grief, you do feel alone. And it's mm-hmm. you know that you have support, you know that you have people around you, but your grief is very individualized. It's very this is what it feels like for me, and 
even though people can relate and can share their experiences, it is, this is mine, right? This is, this is me. And so you do feel that the depths of loneliness. And it's so strange because you're like, I am surrounded. I have family and I have other siblings that have, are grieving my sister too. So I have the support, but it is lonely. I'm rambling, but what would you give this advice of people that, okay, I, I am feeling this loneliness. I live right next to, next to a beautiful park or in Utah, we have amazing, you know, landscape here. What would you tell them? Well, what comes to me and, and I don't know if this honestly answers your question, but I, but what immediately came to me is understanding connectivity. That's, that's because I, I felt right at the end of what I was telling you, I experienced at forest park. I felt compelled to tell you what the varieties of trees were because in my grieving for the loss of my friend, first of all, I I was the only one outside of family who spoke at his funeral. I was the main speaker. Those two Douglas Turfer trees, I was asked to design his headstone. I'm a designer. And Dan raised his family in a grove of Douglas fir trees. I designed those fir trees into Dan's headstone. <clears throat> and the connectivity, um, I I thought of the irony, you know, Dan was from Oregon, Oregon State trees of Douglas fir. Dan went to David Douglas High School named for the gentleman who the Douglas fir is named for. You know, there's all these connectivities. There's all these threads. And I think if if I can say anything is that when I go to the forest and I take people into these, these forest bathing episodes, of it, that's the thing that I feel is connectivity. Connectivity to the earth, a remembrance of and uh, of our connectedness to earth, which which is a healing connectivity. When I when I think of those trees, when I experience those trees, in in any way, shape, or form, it brings me that warm, loving feeling of connectivity that I have with Dan, mm-hmm. that I have with the trees, that I have with the earth, and. And it's it's a it 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 just informs my life. Everything I do in my life is not just connected. It's not just random, but it is it is wholly connected. Mm-hmm. And if we can say, if I can go as far as even saying, going back to to source, whatever you define that source to be, there is a connectivity because somehow. All of that comes full circle in that connectivity. So for me, it helps deal with it helps deal with loss because you know there there is there is the perception of loss when in fact it is all part of that circle. I've I've actually lost two best friends in my life. One when I was uh, fourteen, and and Dan when I was. When I was, how old was I when Dan passed? I guess I was 54 when Dan passed. Um, I would never diminish the grief that an individual experiences in those loss because I felt those in a very real way. 
but uh, but again as i've gone through my life and and um whether it was dan or whether it was bob i'm never without them because of that connectivity that i have when i return to the forest i feel that and it's simple and yet so profound it's a simple act of walking out and being you know amidst the trees and being amidst like nature you know birds animals are my connectivity to my my dad and my sister and when i say it's simple it's a simple act and i love that you brought in that it doesn't the connectivity doesn't diminish the the pain and the sadness of grief it allow like it's it allows us to move right it allows us to remain connected with them and allows us to remain connected with ourselves that we you know we're physically here processing it and the whole premise of this this podcast is moving like how do we move with it right i a challenge is coming up and i'm going to actually <laughs> record our next episode we will get we're going to be going up into the mountains and into the trees um, I feel very called that that would be a beautiful episode of actually you allowing the listeners to witness what this feels like. And, and James and I have a very, a very deep bond in our conversations. I feel are, can be very profound. Um, but I, I challenge that if you're not, if like wherever you're at, get out in nature and kind of do a check-in, like maybe use your journal or just a, you know, a body, like I love somatics. So we're going to check into our body and see how you're feeling, see where the grief is in your body, then get out into the nature, touch the trees touch the grass, like whatever that feels like to you. And then check in with your body and see how the grief feels in your body after doing that. And just find out what that feels like for you. Would you add anything to that? I like that. I like a check in. Don't go with a checklist. Yes. Yes. I love that. Yeah. There's, there's nothing for you to accomplish there. Mm -hmm. What you will accomplish, as you said, you'll, you'll check in, you'll record. I mean, you know, I'm an avid journaler, so I even have, <laughs> I even have as a gift. Um, hold on, I'm going to reach over here on my shelf. I was gifted by a friend a journal specifically for recording my forest bathing adventures, and I was I was quite uh, I was quite amazed by that when uh, that somebody had gone. As far as creating this uh, this logbook with reflections and quotes from nature and whatnot, and, and it's it's a beautiful. I wish I'd have thought of it. it uh, <laughs> it's a beautiful it's a beautiful book. So by all means, you know you're going to check in. You're going to absolutely want to to be aware. Be aware is probably the thing I would say most, but don't go with the checklist. I bring in the awareness in the beginning. So that you, it's almost like to feed the mind, right? Of like, okay, yes, this is supporting me. I'm going to keep doing it. But it's a feeling like get out there and you'll feel the difference. And I love that you bring in, don't have a checklist because you're not going to accomplish something. You're you're going to experience it and you're going to just really like be present with it. I do believe, and I know you can, you'll, you'll back this up, that it 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 will be a part of your healing. And it'll allow you to be able to process and move all the emotions, not just the grief, but anything, you know, that you're experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're listening and you 
have done this or do this on a regular basis. I want to hear. It was interesting. I had a um, a coach a couple years ago and she was an intuitive in one of the sessions she brought up and she said, I see you with plants in nature. Like, what are you doing in nature? And we had just started talking about doing um, the forest bathing. And so it's, it's, there's no accidents. And I want to bring more of these conversations in and they have, they get to be organic because when you're in nature, when you're amongst the trees, it is an organic experience, right? You can talk about, like you said, the scientific, and that would be fun. Maybe we can do an episode sharing that, but really it's just getting in there, getting in there and allowing the experience to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe that 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 um, there was a lot of indigenous and uh, people and early cultures that that have relationships, even religions around trees and and a lot of uh, spiritual connectivity and and myths and and whatnot. And I believe this is a personal belief that I believe that the reason that those came about is that there is something, there's something real. There's something very tangible. And at the same time, I say tangible, it feels tangible, but it's spiritual. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the tangible side would be this, you know, the scientific side. So um, while the way that so many cultures grow with myths and traditions it's where they try to explain the unexplainable but it is the unexplainable that is truly truly moving the person yeah oh i know i could talk to you for hours and we <laughs> we could hold our our listeners in but i do like um to honor the time um is there any final words and I feel very strongly to have you on quite often because I know that there you have some beautiful wisdom that you could share to support the listeners um but is there any final words that you would like to share Well I think I go back to what I was saying about today being the beginning of the spring you know we always um we always think of spring as being a rebirth and and today for some for some reason my mind really caught hold of the fact that it's spring in the northern hemisphere and what is what does that look like in the southern hemisphere and th- so the thing that comes to me is really that each of our experiences are unique spring isn't the same for every plant and every tree it's not the same for every part of the planet. And neither is in, in accordance with what you're working through here in grief, is that we all experience grief at different times in different ways. But it is a part of the human experience. And if if we if we will be, as it were, brave enough to allow others, in in my case it was Dan when the when the marriage kind of went where it was and i reached out to someone else when dan passed who assisted me through that grief as well is that the bravest thing that you can do sometimes is to say help Mm -hmm. and let 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 grief be something that that you allow others to help you bear the burden can i have said it better you know, I'll add to it that it does, it's bravery. I love that you use that word. 
I remember in like the the heat of the right after my sister passed, I didn't know what I needed help on. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't ask because I didn't know what I needed. And so you're in that fog and you're just, you know, barely swimming, being brave to ask. And sometimes it's asking for help and saying, I don't know what I need help with. Mm-hmm. Just maybe it's a space holding or just to be here or, you know, whatever that is, but it is bravery. And I love that you brought that in. You know, if you're looking for support on how to move your grief, I do have my six week experience program. It's a live experience in a group setting um, and they'll be ongoing. So you can, um, I'll put the link in the show notes. And then, you know, if you want to share your own story of how you've moved grief and how you've asked for help, or you have some tools that could support other people, I'd love to have you on the podcast as well. If you're listening in and you know, whatever that looks like for you, but there's, there's options on in my little corner of the world. And James himself has options as well. If you're here locally in Utah, there will be forest bathing events here. I would love to have our listeners be joining us there because I will be alongside that journey as well. So man, yeah, I could go on and on, but I really appreciate you. Jumping on with me in such a beautiful day and a, a beautiful week and honoring Dan this week. And he he will forever be in our, our presence here now too. So I love that you brought him in. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. All right. Well, listeners, until next time, I appreciate you listening in and all the good stuff. If you like what you're hearing, like, and subscribe, this is a new podcast. So the more people that they share and get those ratings up. It'll get to those that really deserve to hear it. So all that good stuff is helpful. And if not, just keep listening in. That's, that's enough support that I I receive. So I appreciate that.